Wow. So it sounds like the key to men's health is a great partner. You can't say it enough. It's really pivotal. You keep us honest and, and, and you know, we want to please you guys. You know that, right? Welcome to Sound Remedies, a world of conversation spread across one couple's kitchen table. Kima and Dasha Hamilton are spouses, parents, artists, change agents, and amateur social scientists curious about enhancing their family's health. They trade ideas with listeners, experts, and one another, and question the hand-me-down advice we've all picked up along the way. Sound Remedies is an open conversation about culture and a remix on health and wellness. Hi, Kima. Kima, why am I the only one smiling and excited right now? This is the men's health episode. It is, man. I'm, I'm, I'm excited, too. My excitement looks a little different. Yeah, it does. Like, I just feel like this exercise is going to involve rubber gloves for me. <laughs> well, yes. Hey, hey, hey. I've had to deal with stirrups for a long time. So one or two rubber gloves for your long-term health. I mean, don't you want to be with me as long as you possibly can? That's the incentive. Hmm. Well, That's you know what selling, I'm going to That is the selling point every time. That is the selling point every time. Baby, if I must be your carrot, I will be your carrot because we have to get you into the doctor. Why don't you go to the doctor? Talk to me. Well, I've had uh, it's, I've had castor oil and calamine lotion this close my whole life. <laughs> just close. It's on deck. I keep it close, and so you know, you like keep a those kit, like things. a first aid kit. <laughs> keep those two things on on deck. You don't really need the doctor ever, do stop you? Stop it. No, stop it. No, really, baby. What keeps you from the doctor? You have castor oil, you have calamine lotion. Every now and again, you'll eat kale. But we want to have a physician in the mix. Talk to me real talk. I'd say the financial hurdle in the past, uh, mm-hmm. honestly, doing doing the math, doing the roll the dice math, if I actually take this ailment into that particular building, do I leave homeless? That's real. And I'm 43 years old, and so I've, I've ridden a wave of, of not having it at all, having access to it in a, in a very... Uh, predatory way mm-hmm. um, and then now i think things are leveling out and balancing out there's dental dental care hovering in some of yeah. the conversations so for me it's just mathematically have, hasn't always been fortunately something that i've been able to prioritize in the, in the financial treading water that has been my 20s and some of my 30s that's real and you know what regardless of gender that's a real talk i i also uh, have gone a spell without having coverage in that way because when you again you're making every dime count if i'm going to put this dime towards an investment in filling a blank anything else different than this coverage because you feel great and you're you're young and you're healthy and it feels so distant until you like you mentioned you have an ailment and then you can't help but also do the math but by that point you're also in pain or discomfort and you have other things that are as pressing as whatever you were going to spend that dime on in the first place so in a way that for all of us but especially our men the, the research bears true year after year after year I believe it's something like men are, women are 60% more likely to go to the doctor and have a regular doctor. And some of those relationships get you in front of some of those ailments that you're talking about. 
guess what conversation I never expected to have with my father? You won't guess. I'm going to tell you. Kegels. <laughs> well, you and I are going to have a conversation also. One of my uncles recently had a procedure and part of his recovery, the doctors told him to do Kegels. And so daddy was like, what? Isn't that for women? And it turns out we both can benefit from these exercises. I know, I know, I know. You're welcome. And the bigger part of that was we are able to giggle a bit about Kegels because my uncle is in recovery and we're having conversations about his long life ahead of him because he went and had a prostate screening years ago. So that screening let his doctors know that he had a condition that we need to keep an eye on. They kept an eye on it and they got ahead of something that could have been a much sadder story. And to boot, he now has a Kegel exercise regimen. But just knowing that, that we get to giggle about this beloved family member being with us longer because he was taking care of himself along the way. Now, granted, it may have been his wife that harassed him to go in the first place. However, it happened. He went and got that screening. And there are a number of screenings that men, Black men in particular, should do early on. There's prostate. There's colon cancer. There's high blood pressure. There's cholesterol. There's even and making sure you get your eyes checked for glaucoma. And that's in addition to just generally making sure all of your parts are working as they should. Now, women go fairly regularly, and we just want to get our men to go so we can giggle about your Kegel exercises as opposed to mourning your losses. Using an I statement, uh, at those intersections when I am thinking about if I should go or not, to decide to go is an admission that's something ain't working right mm. right and as a man i'm always working right everything's always working right i'm always doing good how are you doing i'm good i'm cool i'm straight every Aww. time isn't that wild love how that impacts every literal heartbeat of a man's day saying within this box of what it's supposed to mean to be a masculine dude to the point where you're good you're cool you're straight with things that are swollen, parts that are aching, um, vision that is shifting, just what your body's doing. If your body is going to do what a body will do. And just because you're a man, you're not exempt from the wear and tear of being alive. When daddy was a, a younger man and I was a kid, I remember he, he had a cold. And you can hear it when somebody's nays in their voice when they're getting sick or they're sick. I'm like, oh, daddy, you, you're, you're sick? No, no, I'm not sick. I'm a soldier. You're a soldier with a cold is what you are. So there's a lot of the things that we would need to unravel to make that easier. But that's going to take way, 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 way more than today. What can we do today to help our brothers kind of push back on that box a little bit? Today, we're going to talk to Dr. Kennedy. <laughs> Today, yeah. right now, to today, right now, that we can do right now. Let me clean off the kitchen table. I want this. I've been waiting for this. At the end of this visit today, somebody's going to have an appointment for a prostate exam. I don't know who. I got a guess, though. Do you have a guess? I knew this episode was going to involve plastic gloves. <laughs> I love you. All right. Word, Doctor Kennedy. Welcome. Thank you for uh, thank you for joining us at at our kitchen table. Well, thank you for having me. I, I really appreciate the opportunity to talk. You know, um, I like talking, um, love talking about health and, and science. And so this, this is this is be enjoyable for me as well. Tell me all about how you got into 
science and health and you know where you're from and where you're going and what you're doing and just the whole background of dr mark kennedy okay all right you know i'm originally from chicago uh, born and raised on the south side of chicago and um from my early ages i really enjoyed science i just kind of knew right away that i was a science nerd and some kind of way i probably through the grace of god man i I decided when i was very young i wanted to be a, a physician during those younger years, I heard this phrase, you are what you eat. And for some reason, that resonated with me. Now, probably because I like to eat, but, but also what you put in your body in terms of how we eat has an enormous impact on, on us and probably a lot more than we know, or maybe even our spirituality. From there, I was fortunate enough that I went, I went to Whitney Young High School and then I went to Xavier in New Orleans. Boy, that, that was just you know more of God's grace, really. I was able to do all my training in Chicago. I did my internal medicine residency at Rush. I did my GI fellowship at Loyola, out in Maywood. And then uh, one of my mentors recruited me to come and work in Racine 20 years ago. And I must say, I had to look up where Racine was on the map. You know, I didn't know anything north of Waukegan, really. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> that being said, I, I came up and did the interview and through the grace of God, man, I, I landed a great job. I, I worked at All Saints Healthcare in Racine that's kind of my story. I'm, I'm working for Aurora right now. Uh, I've been, I left All Saints and now I'm working for Aurora in Kenosha and been here for about two years, still doing GI. I'm, I'm thinking about the you are what you eat and the fact that you were in New Orleans uh, for your under undergrad. So what yes. did you, uh, if you had to pick a food that represented uh, you when you left New Orleans, what food do you think you put in you the most? Probably crawfish bisque. That was my absolute favorite, you know. <laughs> but, you know, the, the problem is, though, Kima, man, you know, when I was living in New Orleans, kind of out in the wilderness, man, I ate everything. If it moved, I ate it. And it was delicious in New Orleans. You, you, you know, you, 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 I'm sure you know that. Oh, for uh, sure. They know what they're doing down there. Oh, uh, for sure. Oh, unfortunately, for sure. I've gotten a little bit more conservative. I don't eat, I've kind of pulled back on many of the things I eat now. I, I, I try to have mostly a plant-based diet, mostly. Uh, now, as I've gotten older and, you know, we could talk a little bit more about the pros and cons of that, but, hmm. uh, you know, mostly fruits and veggies and, and, and legumes is tr- where I try to stay focused, at least. Nothing beats a failure, but a try, but a try. <laughs> so, yeah, we- Dr. Kennedy, I have to jump right into this as the partner, as we all know in this conversation, it's the partner that gets the men to take better care of themselves. Some may call it nagging, but we just call it loving you really, really, really hard. But before we get into that, you spoke about how you evolved your eating habits because you heard a little something that made you think differently about what you put in your body. As a male, what have been some of the health cycles for men that you have had the most questions about? From a dietary standpoint, you know, do I have to be a vegetarian or could I still be a carnivore? And most of us like eating meat. And I know I do. I don't know if you noticed, but earlier I said, you know, I try to be mostly plant-based diet. I didn't say exclusively because I still enjoy those hot wings. Um, but, you know, <laughs> Gotta um, have a hot wings. oh my goodness, I don't know if I can make it without hot wings for the rest of my days. For me, it was reading more about how societies throughout the world who live vegetarian lives. Um, and we're talking many, many places in Africa and, and Asian countries, you know, these these people routinely live into their 80s and 90s, if not in their 100s. And I just find that very compelling. When you look at those societies, I mean, their their diet is a lot different than the typical American diet. They're eating mostly, mostly plants. Meat is a much smaller part of their diet. The other thing that you start to notice is 
they, they fast a lot more than we do. Intermittent fasting is starting to catch on. I'm, I'm practicing it and I give that advice to many of my patients. What I find so, so compelling is that many of these disorders that, that we see in medicine, like fatty liver and diabetes and heart disease, for that matter, can be reversed or, or prevented through what we eat and how much we eat. And mm. Well, on a regular basis, I, I do something called 16-8. I try to keep my food intake to an eight-hour window. And then every day, I try at least to uh, not eat for about 16 hours. The theory behind that, Kimo, is that it takes at least about 12 hours, if not 14 hours, for us to completely process our previous meal, to utilize all the calories from the previous meal. The problem is when you eat three meals a day and plus snacks, we never give our body that, that full 16 hours to finish the previous meal or, or to utilize the calories and all the nutrients from that previous meal. And then if you get into, if you, if you get into even longer periods of fast, what they find is not only do you get into fat burning, but then your body can get into a reparative mode. Instead of digesting foods and processing calories, your body can start to repair damaged cells and damaged DNA and actually get rid of those damaged cells. So what I tell patients and all my, my friends, I said, if you start doing 16-8 fasting on a regular basis, pretty soon it won't take long before you can go on a three-day fast. It won't be so, so arduous. I wish we can practice more of that. And I'm, I'm going to preach more of that as, as we get more into the community and talk to more people. In your field, you, you and I think you, you kind of just touched on it, but what are some more conversations that you, you have most often or most intentionally with your male clients or patients? One of the things that keep men out of the doctor's office is I think, you know, we, we approach life mentally and physically through a lens of strength. You know, I mean, we all pride ourselves on being strong and physically strong and mentally strong. And I think, you know, that kind of translates, well, you know, I don't really need to go to the doctor. You know, I'm, I got this. You know, I'm, I'm fine. I feel good. In some cases, like you came and you look good. We can just kind of bypass that. So I, I think that's part of the reason why many of us may not go to the doctor and need our wives to prompt us. But, you know, guys, I think another, another thing that helps us or, or will help many of us is if we can get a really good primary care doctor that we know and like and trust. Because once you have a really good primary care doctor, man, that individual will, will browbeat you and, and will make you do what you need to do. I mean, I must say, I'm through the grace of God, I'm 54 years old and, and I just started going to the doctor, you know. I mean, Said I mean, the I doctor. I, I mean, Said I went to the, the doctor. I oh. went to the doctor. No, no, hear me out. I would go, but you know, I would go and say, yeah, you know, I got him. I'll keep working out. I'll do some more push-ups and it'll be all right. <laughs> but no, in reality, um, but my primary care doctor, and I've had some really great ones in over the last, say, uh, decade. And uh, they've said, look, Kennedy, you, you've got to take your pressure medicine. You've got to do the other things to keep your body healthy. I'm following their advice. And, but I think that primary care doctor, having a really good doctor that you, that you trust is pivotal. Have you found a particular encouragement slash threat <laughs> um, for men of color? The, the studies and numbers show that in particular, men of color are especially less uh, likely to make their way to the doctor. Well, I mean, unfortunately, studies have shown that people of color don't get the same care. You know, people of color just don't get the detail or the attention paid that, that maybe other groups might get. Very true. And there's nothing controversial when you're speaking the truth, Dr. Kennedy. So we appreciate you saying okay. those things out loud. Oh, I'll, okay, I'll make sure I keep having that courage then. Well, we have to uh, reveal it to heal it. So if we, you know, culturally, we can go in another generation with that being the, the lived experience for 
certain demographics, uh, if we don't say it out loud and if we don't start, you know, creating environments where these conversations are happening and uh, in ways that will address that as a hurdle, you know, and that's what I that's what I hear. You know, it's a pretty realistic and and unfortunate hurdle. I know. And, and if I could just add to that, though, Kimo, you Please. know, I, I tell you, you know, I, I, you know, many, many times when I'm at work, you know, I, I try to you know, broach these conversations and these realities, you know, politely. But but I think it's important that we that we broach them, you know, in a lighthearted manner so that we at least talk about it, because it, it can be difficult to talk about. You know, people, you know, sometimes a lot of people don't believe there are any disparities that still exist in 2021. And, you know, and, and that couldn't be further from the truth. So are you saying that the partners, if we come to the kitchen table with statistics, then our partners, our husbands, our boyfriends, our loved ones, our sons, that will get you all to go to the doctor? I'm going to hold on to the hope for that. We're, we're talking about changing cycles and evolution right now. I'm going to keep that in my, in, clutched into my palm, Dr. Kennedy. That Well, you know, work on that angle. You know, it's going to, it's going to have to take a lot of angles, you know. It, it, it's work that angle. Let's give that a try. Right. I mean, the, the women are not, I mean, I mean, studies show that married men live longer, you know, no doubt. You know, we, you're welcome. Yeah. We, you're very, hey, I, I thank my wife every day, you know, more than once. Yeah, because they make us, you know, come home and you know eat dinner. And, you know, go don't go to McDonald's and don't stay out till two in the morning when you got to get up in the morning. Get your rest. And, we, and sometimes we just make the appointment for you. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> you look great. You mentioned that you were fifty-four, and I was. Well, thank I you, was, man. I, I was like, wow. That might be the smartphone doing that. Man. <laughs> and in a parallel track, uh, you mentioned that you're just getting into the rhythm of going to the doctor routinely. What are some of the remedies that you've been using along the way as a man that were offered to you, maybe culturally, that you feel have served you? And and then what are some that you, you've had to not engage so much now that you've been to medical school? <laughs> <laughs> Focusing on my diet, making sure that I exercise, you know, avoiding you know, too much alcohol and trying to keep everything I do in moderation. I think most of us realize by the time you get into your 40s and 50s, you just quite can't do what you used to do, you know, in terms of staying up late, in terms of how much alcohol you take in and, and, and other things that you, you might do in, in, for hobbies. So you have to kind of, you do have to kind of make some adjustments. You know, my, my wife is, is great. She she makes sure that I'm eating right. She makes sure I'm drinking tea and and, and, and doing some of the things that can help me. Wow. So it sounds like the key to men's health is a great partner. You can't say it enough. It's really pivotal. And you keep us honest and, and, and you know, we want to please you guys. You know that, right? I mean, we want Did you we know that, want right? to please the women in our lives. I mean, we want them to love us, adore us and be oh. proud of us. The way we do that is by saying yes, dear, and, you know, mm -hmm, and, mm -hmm, and, and, and get and get what we need done. Mm -mm -mm. We love that, but we want y'all to want to be around and be healthy for yourselves too. Well, keep keep on us. We'll definitely do. Early in the conversation, it was already decided that this is the first of many interviews. So I'm already hearing we have to come back and have a elongated conversation around diet and elongated conversation around healthy partnership and the value to yeah, our physical do. selves and physical yeah, health. Do. I got plenty more to talk. We didn't even talk about colonoscopy and, and colon cancer screening, which is a huge part of my business. I'm surprised I got this far. I didn't bring that up yet. Uh, well, I, listen, that. We just had a, um, we, we have a, a male love, loved one who had a procedure and as a part of his recovery plan, uh -huh. uh, he was instructed to do Kegels. Do I'm sorry, to do what? Kegels? Kegels. And that definitely started a conversation with my wife and I. Oh, not only is that something we can do, that's something we should be doing as men for our health. Yeah, I'm going to have to look into that one, the Kegels, man. I'm gonna... <laughs> I'm... <laughs> yeah, that's... <laughs> 
Maybe that's, I just that's, want y'all to do a set of 10. That's all. Just a set of 10. I always tell people it's the stuff that you learn after you know it all. That's that's what really counts. You I never stop that. learning. You're absolutely right. Yeah, I'll look into those Kegels. But but nonetheless, getting colon cancer screening is enormous. If I could, I'd just put a plug in on that. It's, um, Please. You know, colon cancer is, is on the rise, especially in younger groups. Mm. You know, colon cancer was something that was almost unheard of before the age of 50. Now we're starting to see colon cancer increase in 20 and 30-year-olds. You know, African-Americans, I mean, we were advised to start getting colonoscopy at the age of 45 years ago. Uh, as opposed to 50, which had been the recommendation for most Americans. Now they're, they're recommending that everyone come in at 45. And in fact, it wouldn't be unheard of for some of us to start thinking about it as soon as we cross the 40-year the age group. And and the other thing to think about, guys, is we really got to really focus on our family history. You know, you know we kind of grew up at a time when, you know, you didn't know what grandma had and nobody talked about it. And, and, and grandma probably didn't go to the doctor. You know, our grandparents you know, many of our grandparents couldn't go to the doctor. That, that's one of those truths out there. So if any of that information becomes apparent in our families, we got to, we have to note that and that can guide us. Well, how soon do we go in? Do, do I go in? Do I wait till 50 or do I go in at 35 based on what, what what's happened in my family? So, um, and colonoscopy guys is so easy these days. I've had several in my days. Think about this guys. Colon cancer is probably one of the, the only preventable cancers that we deal with. Meaning, um, I'm just using round numbers, but about 90% of colon cancers that occur in this country will start from, from polyps, which are growths in the lining of the colon, which are usually very small. It takes a number of years for those growths to turn into cancer. But if we can do a colonoscopy and remove those polyps long before they even had a chance to grow, you never get colon cancer. So I preach that a lot and, and really want to push that on, on our community, particularly, particularly you know, African-American communities, because mm-hmm. we, really, we really have to you know, kind of get over the squeamishness of that. I know it's not the most sexy test. I wish there was something in my practice that people really wanted. <laughs> you know? You're saying the suckers and the stickers don't make up for it? It's not quite the same? You can only be so charming when you start, when you start talking colonoscopy. You know? Thank you for for that explanation. Because I, I am I am I am one of those who similar to like I didn't eat guacamole for a long time. Loved avocados, right? And the sound of guacamole meant that I never want to eat that. And and I would say the same for the for the colon colonoscopy. <laughs> um, you know, just hearing it, but then hearing it that it's one of the things that we can do to prevent uh, a long term negative health outcome, baby. Oh boy. Don't you eat guacamole now? I do. See? And I love it. Yeah. How enough people coming right up. Be coming right up. Are you scheduled? So, so how that did you get over right the guacamole? Now? I was at a restaurant and I asked for avocados on a burger and they said they don't have avocados, but they have guacamole. And I'm like, why what does that have to do with anything we're talking about right now? <laughs> right. And that's when I learned, you know, I was educated that I'm I'm in my I'm Late twenties, easy, early thirties, uh, but the sound of it, you know. But yeah. like hearing hearing you explain it in that way offered a lot of clarity that made it more approachable for me as a conversation. What sounds get you through? Spirituals, gospel music. I have that on my phone. I'm kind of blanking on my favorite one right lately, but oh, in spite of me, uh, is one of my mm-hmm. favorites now. You know, music it helps me a great deal. And then just sometimes being quiet and listening to nature, you know, that's always nice. Um, but, you know, being in Wisconsin, man, you get some quietness up here as opposed to Chicago, that's for sure. You <laughs> that's know. a real thing. 
I got two, we have two teenage daughters at home and listening to them talk on the phone with their friends. And, oh, you know, I kind of enjoy that. You know, hearing them talk about clothes and what they ate for dinner and, and, and what my dad's going to buy me next, you know, that kind of thing. <laughs> <laughs> At least you're getting a heads up. Yeah, um, well, you know, yeah, that's that's continue. Hey, Dasha, that's on, that's on the continuum, you know. And not not only that, but they got the Apple Pay now, so that I'm in double trouble. Oh goodness! Listen, uh, my sister and I are super super grown, and we still Kima teases us all the time. You can we can say Daddy, and there's just a certain register that we say this the word Daddy, and you know exactly we're talking to you. So that's not, yeah. that's not going to stop. I just want you to be prepared. That's not going to stop. That's not. Yeah, that's all right. Stop. I'm ready. You know, that's why nice. I'm going to keep working until I'm about 90. <laughs> um, well, we have this idea. Share with us the sound, this gospel song that gets you through. And the last thing we want to ask you, what song would you add to a playlist on men's health? That's a tough one. I'm going to have to think about that a little bit. Okay. I mean, hmm. what's that first song that popped into your head? I see you doing some editing. You can say George Clinton. It's okay. <laughs> You'll still be saved and sanctified. It's all right. I'm kind of a Drake fan, though. I mean, I, you know, yeah, nice. teenage uh, daughters don't leave you a choice. Well, point. you know, Drake, he, he got he's got some nice beats, though, man. I mean, his, his beats, they're always nice. Um, and, you know, I grew up in Chicago and I love house music. So, 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 so a lot of the house music songs that we grew up with, Be Encouraged and those kind of things, you know, that keeps you going. And, you know, it's so uplifting, man. And one of my buddies, he just turned me on something called Mixcloud. I, I couldn't believe Mixcloud. it. Mixcloud. Mixcloud. You know, they got all kind of house tracks on there, man. I came of age when I was introduced to house music. So I 3000% overstand everything you just said. Oh yeah. I mean, you know, again, not, not being able to come up with the exact song just yet, but just the whole theme behind that in terms of how we just have to stay uplifted and encouraged and just keep moving on. And, you know, soul to soul to soul comes to mind, you know, and that's what's so nice about, music in general you know and i'm sure every ethnic group has their favorites but man you know you you know black music man it's just just so pivotal man in keeping us going keeping us fighting you know fight the power man you know with a uh, public enemy man chuck d and them man come on man who didn't like that <laughs> to keep you going when you didn't got beat up all day at work or at school and you fight the power and flavor flag man come on that was well i try to introduce my daughters to it and you know they know at least they know it you know they know what they know what Tupac sounds like, and they know what Prince is when they hear it. They don't want to listen to it, but that's all right. They'll double back for it. The, the commercial spaces will give them a commercial things. My house was filled with war and rare earth, and and I couldn't appreciate that. It was songs with no words, and and now it's in a heavy rotation. So really? they're going to go back and get it. They're yeah. going to come back and get it. Yeah, slipping into darkness, huh? With that, yes. With that I mean, that's that. Oh man, you, when you hear that, I mean, that's just iconic. You know, mm -hmm. that's what I was hoping. I was hoping that, you know, Lord willing, you know, they get to be in their 30s and 40s. They're going to be like, oh, put on some prints, you know. <laughs> you know, so so I, I, I'm just trying to lay the foundation so they at least know it when they hear it, man. And, and they'll reach for it. That's all we can do. That's everything yeah. we can do. Yeah. Dr. Kennedy, thank you for stopping by and hanging out with us here at our kitchen table. It was such a joy to talk to you. Oh, well, thank you guys for having me. I really appreciate the opportunity and I love to talk. Please have me back, okay? Oh, for we sure. definitely will. For sure. All right. Okay, then. Thank you very much. Okay, you're welcome. All right, take care now. Peace. He was fun. There's nothing better than having a doctor 
you know, someone on your care team who not only knows what they're talking about, but they also have a lot of personality. So I think it would be easy for certain men folk to go and see a doctor like Dr. Kennedy. Would you agree, my love? I agree all day. Fan of house music is a friend of mine. I was really excited about that interview and I look forward to future conversations. Felt like Agreed. we just scratched the surface with so many subjects uh, around men's health, specifically uh, black folk and our experience in, in those institutional spaces or those spaces that we, we need to start engaging more to be in line with where we are uh, with our health long-term wise. And um, also the, the part that grabbed me and wouldn't let go is his, his narrative just around needing to understand our family history around health and mm. as as black folk i think the, the next drop down from that is is needing to understand our our family history in a in a in a way that's that's really specific to our dna i think we right. have we have uh, we have bloodlines and family trees bloodlines and family trees yes yes the narratives the the narratives that we we align with typically are the are the verbal narrative, the stories that have been passed down. Uh, this mm-hmm. is auntie so and so. This is uncle such and such. This is your mama. This is your daddy. And then you go um, to the funeral, and they're really listed as a cousin and a sister and a special friend in the obituary. Oh, for real. So when he when he met when he went there, I went there. And I can see why that would have stuck out for you for a couple of reasons. One, just that distinction between family trees, which are the stories, and the bloodline, which is the biology. And on the bloodline side, uh, socially, we have a common narrative where a lot of our bloodlines are become a mystery at a certain point. And in some cases, they're not a mystery. We just aren't encouraged to ask questions. Grown folks business. Grown folk, be- <laughs> grown folk business. Grown you folk bed business. Not. You bet not. So the sense of urgency around under- tethering that to our health and and knowing how soon we should be putting these rubber gloves on mm-hmm. for certain procedures and exercises uh, 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 and tests. I'm grateful to have a glimpse of, to have had a glimpse of my health future based on the health history of women in my family. So on one side of my family, because of my, my grandmother, I know to pay closer attention for breast cancer. And on my other side, I knew to pay attention to my guts. And and it wasn't anything that was told to me just because I was old enough and I was aware of them. So part of it is making sure that we, one, ask a question backwards when we're able to, but I'm making it a point to make sure that uh, the babies know, hey, make sure that you get this screening at this age. And hey, make sure that you pay attention to these things. Um, in addition to your general health. So yes, 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 yes. I, I absolutely understand where you're coming from about this idea of ancestry and health as far as heritage is concerned. So I'll put on the rubber gloves for my son. Yes, you're putting on the rubber gloves for your son. I'm going to bring in all the lures I can. I just want to make sure that we know. We'd rather know than to be surprised. If we can help ourselves, because baby, I want you around for a really long time. It's all the incentive I need. Uh, what's going on, man? I just wanted to do a quick response to a couple of the questions. In the past, I was always hesitant about 
going to the doctor and and that sort of thing because uh, it was just always looked upon as a sign of weakness in a sense you know so you grew up on a bunch of the home remedies such as you know gin and peppermint and, and, and so forth and so on and you know, rub this on your chest rub that on your chest and uh, put this under your nose and put that under your nose and so forth and so on almost to the point to where if you needed your hair conditioned and so forth you would you know go to the tree and grab some of this white moss off of it and boil it and use it and all these kind of home remedies and um a few years ago um, my whole perspective changed on that and, and thankfully and luckily for me i had a doctor who uh, was willing to explore and not just write prescriptions um and so now i absolutely have no issue uh, we're going to the doctor and I, and I highly encourage people to go to the doctor because me going to the doctor probably literally saved my life. What songs would I, would I add to a playlist? Um, Kid Cudi, Day and Night. I don't know, that just always seems to resonate in my spirit. And also Kid Cudi, Soundtrack to My Life. Thank you for joining Dosh and me at our virtual kitchen table for another episode of Sound Remedies. We want to thank Dr. Kennedy for stopping by and spending some time with us. Sound Remedies is sponsored by Advocate Aurora Healthcare, 88.9 Radio Milwaukee, and The Retreat MKE. Join us next episode for another engaging conversation about our health and wellness.